Welcome everyone to the JD Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with JD Power, and with me today are Mike Taylor, who leads our travel practice, Jenny Hello. Corwin, our lead analyst for travel, and Andrea Stokes, our practice leader for hospitality. So, Mike and Jenny and Andrea, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you. So, hey, as we kick off the podcast today, again, we want to acknowledge the very challenging environment. Uh, that we're all in, and um, we're we're rooting for you. And uh, feel free to uh, you know to reach out if you have um, questions or things that you'd like to see us dig uh, dig more into. Uh, so, with that said, uh, topic number one for today's podcast is really about um, cleaning and um, hygiene and safety. And so, I wonder if we just do a quick round robin on terms of an update of where the industries are. Uh, Andrea, maybe we'll start with you for hotels. Yes, thank you. Since our last podcast, uh, pretty much all of the large hotel chains have introduced uh, specific uh, cleaning initiatives or programs. So uh, Marriott has a commitment to clean. Hilton's is uh, called Clean Stay. Um the other chains have, have done something similar. I think the AH and LA has come out with a program uh, designed for independent hotels. And so uh, I think it's, it's timely, obviously. It's uh, the right thing to do. I think each of these programs, uh, you know, they're very similar. They all do similar things in terms of informing consumers about specific cleaning procedures, uh, processes, what the chains are doing uh, that's new, perhaps that, you know, maybe they didn't do before, or just bringing forward, you know, the, the typical cleaning processes that maybe they were doing, but, um, you know, were just simply expected by guests and, and not really at the forefront. Uh, the, but it's very important, obviously, very timely, um, I think it, again, it's, it's definitely the right thing to do. Thanks, Andrea. Um, Mike, what about, uh, airlines and airports? What's the update on, on cleaning there? Well, for airports, we've been doing a series of webinars, um, that we've had probably anywhere from 20 to 30 airports sharing best practices of how they're communicating cleanliness and actually doing the cleaning itself. Um, San Antonio Airport, uh, Karen Ellis, who's the chief experience officer there, uh, was our first guest. And she was very specific. And they had a very good program, uh, which is they repurposed some of the people who would normally be wheeling people about in wheelchairs since the traffic is down so um, abruptly. They repurposed those people to be uh, part of the cleaning crew. And for the entire cleaning crew and everyone on the airport has got a briefing of what the airport is doing to clean the airport itself. You know, they're using hospital grade uh, disinfectants. Uh, they're cleaning with certain types of frequencies, more frequent uh, for certain parts of the airport. And they make sure that everybody who might interact with a passenger knows how to relate that information to the, to the passenger to make them feel comfortable and that the airport's taking an active hand in it. Uh, certain other airports, uh, like Philadelphia, uh, are closing certain bathrooms because they're generally considered to be the most sensitive areas of the airport as far as cleanliness goes, at least in our JD Power data, it always has been. Um, and they close those to say, you know, with a sign, this is, you know, they're being deep cleaned, uh, which is another way to communicate, even though it's a little bit 
uh, inconvenient for someone who might need to use that nearest restroom. Uh, but it's a very good way to communicate that you're taking that extra step. The airlines have been a little bit, I'd say a half a step or maybe a full step behind everybody else so far, at least as far as I've been able to see in the surveys of information that's gone out. Uh, generally, we're getting a lot of platitudes and letters from the CEO and letters from our chief experience officer who talk about what a terrible time this is. And indeed, we all know that, uh, you know, every you know, news broadcast is 90% COVID news and the commercials are about 80% COVID news. Um, but uh, really what the, we found in the, um, you know, the Pulse survey that we most recently did about 10 days ago that Andrea uh, helped uh, all, uh, write and also field, we found out that um, the people are looking for very specific things that they want to see. They want to see that there's hand sanitizer on the table or there's, there's wipes available in the hotel rooms or at their airplane seats. And the key thing here that we observed is that we're now allowing the, you know, that passenger, that guest is taking the cleaning into their own hands, so to speak, and doing it themselves so they're completely assured you know, that where the, their, their personal space has been thoroughly cleaned. And then the last thing I want to mention as far as rental cars go is uh, Hertz has been putting stickers, uh, you know, foot, foot and a half, um, I'm sure they're yellow and black for the most part, um, that was being the uh, Hertz colors, uh, saying this uh, vehicle has been sanitized and it's pasted across the door so that you know that no one else got into that car, that you're the first person to get into a sanitized car. So I think the airlines can uh, learn a little bit of something from what the airports are doing and what the rental car companies are doing. Thanks, Mike. That's really interesting. Um, hey, Jenny, so switching topics then, uh, we, we, we found out yesterday, very sad to learn that Soup Plantation, which is really an institution here in Southern California, is closing their doors for good. And essentially, it's a buffet model uh, for unlimited soup and salad. And that just is not going to work going forward. This started me thinking about all of those kind of limited service buffet breakfasts I've had over the years in hotels. Uh, so it, I guess the question is, that is that just going to not come back? And, and will, what will be replaced with it? Like grab and go or, or what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we know that breakfast is a, is a critical offering for hotels. And even, you know, you, like you mentioned, the, the limited service model, right, where the breakfast is included, it's also a pretty important revenue stream for, um, you know, some of the upscale and upper upscale and even luxury hotels, right? They really stake their claim on having, you know, a wonderful breakfast. And a lot of it is that that buffet model. Um, you know, and, and in this current climate, you're right, it's, it's just not going to be seen as something safe going forward, right? You don't want to touch that that ladle that everyone has touched or the butter knife that you know, you don't know who's touched it. Just as Mike said, you want to be able to see and take some of that cleaning into your own hands. So I think we're going to see, and we are already seeing some of this now is, um, and we had this before too, is the grab and go model, right? Uh, a lot of the limited services ho hotels had offered a, a grab and go model um, as a supplement to their regular buffet, um, you know, for customers who didn't want to get up early or were on the way to the airport and they could just grab their sack of breakfast with an, you know, an apple, a yogurt or whatever, maybe a pastry that was in there. Um, so I think we're going to see that a bit more. And I also think we're going to see uh, more, more hotel brands offering more packaged options. So um, while it's not technically grab and go, you probably won't be encouraged to stay and sit in that breakfast area 
and, and the items you're going to be grabbing are going to be packaged. So you're knowing that, um, you know, it, it's not something that has been handled by a lot of people. Um, and, and you can feel a little bit more secure uh, in, in consuming that, probably in the, in the safety and security of your nice, clean hotel room, right, by yourself. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they're going to adapt. It's just going to be different for a while. And the cruise okay. industry, yeah, the cruise industry, I just want to mention, um, of course, you know, buffets and cruises, you know, go together like salt and pepper. So, um, That's a great point. Yeah. yeah, I believe the cruise industry is going toward a model where it's still a buffet, but someone else will be serving you. So hmm. I'm not sure how that will work, but uh, it will be interesting to see if this type of model um, kind of translates to, you know, perhaps the the luxury hotels, upper upscale hotels that, uh, you know, may have um, a buffet every day or Sunday brunch buffet, things like that. Uh, you know, so I think it, it will be interesting to watch uh, what the cruise industry plans to do here. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a great point, Andrea. Thanks. Uh, to topic three is the sharing economy. So we saw announcements last week from Airbnb, from Uber, from Lyft about really pretty material layoffs uh, at all three companies. And so I guess the question is this, is, is the sharing economy getting hit harder and will it be slower to recover than the rest of the travel and hospitality industry? Um, Mike, um, why don't we start with you and then we can go to Andrea and Jenny. Well, it, it's interesting with all of this COVID, uh, the, maybe the silver lining, which might be hard to see at this point uh, in the cloud of COVID-19 might be the ability to reset yourself or to retrench against competition where you were a little bit flat-footed before. And I'm mostly thinking about the Uber and Lyft situation, especially around the airports. Uh, with decreased volumes, there's going to be a little bit more elbow room. There's not going to be such a crush to, you know, redistribute where Uber and Lyft happen on the airport. Um, but the uh, the topic here at hand is the public. How are they going to react to uh, individual contractors, those gig workers who are driving the Uber and Lyft cars? Are their cars really cleaned? How often are they clean them? What are they cleaning them with? Those kinds of things. You might be a little bit more reticent to get into an Uber or Lyft without knowing there's some kind of really rigid protocol uh, in place. And that might be hard to enforce with Uber and Lyft and the other TNC companies. Thanks, Mike. Andrea, uh, what about on the Airbnb side? Yes, it's interesting. So I, I just read an article about how some of the um, super hosts on Airbnb are looking to uh, band together to build their own uh platform. Uh, some of the hosts are, are putting together their own booking websites um, and trying to kind of get away from Airbnb's uh, rules and fee structure. Um, so it will be very interesting to see what happens um, with, with the hosts, right? Because Airbnb is essentially, uh, make, they make their money from, from hosts. Um, you know, Airbnb, there's a lot of, you know, of course, benefit uh, for a host to to use Airbnb as your platform. But 
I think as you know, other other software tools and uh, property management tools uh, lower their prices. Um, you know, they. I think Airbnb will have to watch. You know, watch this type of thing very closely. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, Jenny, what are your thoughts on the on the sharing economy uh, relative to the rest of travel and hospitality? Yeah, I mean, just just holistically thinking from a, a consumer perspective, it, this this creates an opportunity for for the traditional travel brands, right? Um, it, brands don't spread diseases, but people do, and and the sharing economy is a representation of the individuals um, that are they're participating, right? So you get in an Uber, there's someone else in there. Uh, you're in an Airbnb, you're likely in a house that someone else had. So um, your brands have an opportunity to really capitalize on the strength of their brand image and showing how they really care and making sure they're, you know, sharing their cleanliness procedures and things like that. Um, I, I think there is an, an opportunity for traditional travel brands here, and it, it is a little scary for uh, some of those sharing economy brands, um, especially when you think this year in the summer, right, people are going to be really eager to probably get out again, but they may not be as eager to take a traditional uh, vacation. So it, it could likely be the summer of the road trip, right, um, which for the rental car industry could be really good because most people aren't taking road trips in an Uber, but you may rent a car for one, right? Uh, um, and, and so I think that's the first travel we're really going to see come back on the leisure side is, is road trips. Um, and I, I think that will affect some of the sharing economy too. Yeah. Thanks, Jenny. Hey, Mike, just to kind of build on Jenny's point as, as the current environment as an opportunity for legacy brands to reinvent themselves, we were kind of talking before the podcast that this applies to airlines as well, right? Yes. Uh, you know, the, the biggest problem that they're going to face is as they ramp up you know, the number of flights and the aircraft they're going to use on it, they're going to redeploy their fleet. So they not, may not be able to fill a lot of A320s, A321s, you know, relatively full-size aircraft. Uh, but you may be taking a lot more trips on CRJs, you know, commuter regional jets and ERJs and the smaller Bombardier aircraft because they will be easier to fill and much more cost effective. You have less crew. Uh, and it's a little bit less uh, operating cost uh, for the airlines themselves. So that you may see that a lot more often. Now, that's a little bit of a disadvantage for an airline like JetBlue or Southwest, which really basically only have two types of aircraft, either A320s, 321s, or you know, a Boeing 737. And so um, they're kind of locked into that uh, operating system because they really don't have a fleet to redeploy. The fleet is pretty monochrome. Uh, or monobody uh, in, in composition. So they might have a little bit more problem, but it might give a little bit of advantage to United and Delta and American uh, to kind of catch up to where Southwest has been all this time. Now, it's my fervent hope and prediction, actually, that uh, in 18 months from now, uh, we'll be back to the regular kind of service you get and you know, more of a full-size aircraft offering you know, as uh, people come back to the airlines and start traveling again. Thanks, Mike. So just final topic on uh, on looking for green shoots, right? So I was looking at the TSA numbers for yesterday, and uh, they had 191,000 travelers go through TSA, which is really awful compared to where it was the same day a year ago, which is over, close to 2.6 million. 
but it, it is up, right? It's, it's up from um, a month ago when they were only 90,000. So it's up a hundred percent. So, um, and it looks like on a, on almost a daily basis, we're seeing an increase. Uh, so, so Mike, what, you know, what are your thoughts on these numbers? Well, these are the pioneers. So the, these are the people who, you know, either have to travel uh, a lot of the anecdotal stuff I he- I've been hearing are people going to funerals. Unfortunately, uh, they feel like they need to be there, uh, and there are some business trips that are going. Um, you know, these days still. Um, so yeah, but these are the people who are pioneers, and again, it's my theory here that the way we are going to get out of this, you know, down cycle is people will just have to learn that if you travel, you're not going to catch COVID, and that's generally what's going to happen in the next year or so. And eventually there'll come a time uh, where we'll all be saying, oh, gee, remember that COVID problem we had a couple of years ago? Um, because that's what, exactly what's going to happen. And, and as I've said before on this podcast and on my other webinars, all epidemics end, every single one of them. And this one will, will as well. Okay. Thanks, Mike. So, so Mike and Jenny and Andrea, thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. And thanks to our listeners for joining as well. To learn more about the J.D. Power travel practice, please follow us on LinkedIn uh, or uh, on our uh, website at jdpower.com business, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.